0: Hey, good morning, everybody! Great to see you, family. I was I was over there stretching just now. I don't, I don't know why. I was I was just like, okay, time to go. I don't. So just know I'm loose. Uh, my name is Rick. I'm one of the pastors around here, and uh, I get the privilege of most weeks standing up here and being able to share uh, what God's Word says about who Jesus is and about what that means for us. And it's a huge, huge privilege, and it's uh, I'm just thankful for you that have come and uh, you folks that are watching online. If I haven't met you, I'd love to meet you. I'll be up here after service. I'd love to have a conversation and, and find out a little bit about who you are. Um, I appreciate the courage that it takes to walk into a church um, that you don't know very well, so thanks for those of you that came. Um, last week I wasn't here. Uh, Sarah uh, taught. She was singing right here today. She's like, you know, some people just make you so mad, right? Just like, oh... So she can teach, she can sing, she's a great mom, all those things about Sarah. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the message last week, or if you miss a message ever, you can uh, get the messages on uh, podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, or on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page. So uh, pick up on that. We are in this series called Jesus Is, and really we're just answering the question uh, not so much what Jesus did, but who he is and uh, what that means for our lives. And so we're just walking through one of the four books in the Bible that tells the story of the life of Jesus is this book of John. And so we've just been walking through the book of John and saying, who does the book of John say Jesus is? And really lately we've been talking about what, what does Jesus say about who he is? And we're going to look today at this idea that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, that's what we're going to look at today. Um, and it's, it's no accident that you're here. Um, it, it, God brought you here for a reason. And, and I hope for all of us, wherever we're at in our relationship with Jesus, where you're trying to just figure out who he is, really, or maybe you've been connected with him for a while. Maybe, maybe you're in, in a good spot in your relationship with him. Maybe you're in kind of a rough spot or a dry spot. Man, my hope is that through this series and, and today in particular, that our affection for Jesus would grow. In a way that that would begin to change how we look at ourselves and others, and and how we live our lives. Um, I was in I was in Phoenix a couple of uh, for a couple of days. I have a friend, a good friend. His birthday is March 14th, and he lives in Phoenix. And so, you know, because I love him so much, we just think it's a really good thing for us to go to Phoenix every March 14th, just you know, to show our appreciation for him and how much that we, that he means to us. It doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with. The weather in Phoenix is beautiful in the middle of March, um, or uh, that you can sit at a Rockies game in eighty-degree weather, or anything like that. It's just because we love our friend Matt. So, uh, and my my wife is a uh, retired flight attendant, so we we get to fly wherever you know for free, and so it's kind of nice to just be able to go places we love to travel. Um, but something happens. I don't know if it happens to you, but. If I'm gone two or three days, there's something that begins to happen. I just begin to go, oh, and we could be in a great place and, and uh, having a great time with great friends, but there's something in my heart just like starts to long for home. Like, oh, I want my pillow, right? I want, I want my bed. I want, I want control of my remote. I want to stand in front of my refrigerator, right? There's, there's some familiarity in in my life, and and really, ultimately, uh, there's people in my life uh, that that draw me home. I think it's the 19th or 20th century philosopher Dorothy that said, there's no place like home, right? My Bible just fell. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Um, Yeah, there there is a sense, and and there's a bigger sense, I think, that our souls as as women and men, uh, regardless of where you're connected with Jesus or not, uh, I think that we have a longing for home. That, that there's something in our lives that, that drives us or draws us to that feeling of home, the fe- that feeling of belonging and security, that feeling that, that this, is, this is who I am, this is, this is, uh, these are my people, this is, this is where I belong, this is my family. And I believe that's because that we were all created in the image of God, and, and God, uh, our Father, is, is constantly pursuing us and drawing us and so we're going to talk today about this idea that home isn't a place. Because I, I, I've heard this kind of message that, that we'll that, that you found find that in heaven, that, that, that our home is in heaven and uh, we're going to go to some place someday and we'll finally feel fully like we belong or, or that, that we're uh, fulfilled fully in that place. But um, heaven, heaven isn't a place. Heaven ultimately is is a position in relationship with God that we exist in an unfiltered relationship with the God of the universe's love, and so I'm going to say just say today that home is a person, and his name is Jesus. And so as we think about going home, you know there's there's lots of options, right? I, um, I, I pay for therapy for my kids uh, because of things that I did to them when they were younger. Like my one of my kids, I just won't mention his name, um, was really uh, sad, he was angry, I'm not sure if we had to leave Chuck E. Cheese or something, I'm not sure, you know, know those life-changing traumatic moments of life, and so he's in the car saying, I want a new family, so on I-25 and like university, and I just pull off and drive into a neighborhood and pull into a driveway and just say, this looks like a nice family. No, but this world has all these houses, right? All these opportunities to find home, and and really, in life, we we pursue all these things. Oh, maybe that's maybe maybe that's gonna be my way home. Maybe that's gonna be my way home. And today, we're just gonna look at the at at the claim of Jesus Himself that talks about Him being the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm gonna pray, and then uh, we'll jump right into the what the Bible has to say. Will you just pray with me? Maybe just in the quietness of this room, uh, maybe everyone in your heart, regardless of kind of where you're connected religiously or in church, you just maybe be brave enough to say, God, maybe for some of you, if if any of this is even real, would you teach me today? Would you encourage me today? Will you reveal truth to me today that you want to reveal to me? Will you help me to know when I leave why in the world I came to this place at this time on this day? God, I pray that that, that would be true for people who are just trying to figure out who you are, that, uh, that some of those old lies that maybe that, that people have held on to, that some of us have held on to about who you are would just get washed away by your truth. Maybe some of us that, that think religiously like God is, just, is uh, somebody to, to be uh, obligingly uh, submissive to so that somehow we can earn love, that that, that lie would be washed away. And that for all of us, our affection for you and our understanding of you and what you mean and bring would grow in a way that, that changes us in big ways. Thanks, God. Amen. So if you have your Bible, we open up to John chapter 14. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, there's one right around you. Uh, it's on, if, if you have a Bible like this, it's on page uh, 752. Is that what it says up there? Yep, yeah, look at that. Um, and, and as you're turning, just every, we're not going to turn to a bunch of places. Just everyone turn you can kind of s- see what is happening. I'm just going to update you. There's a significant thing that's happening in the book of John right now, which has to do a little bit with Lent. So John is uh, 21 chapters. As I say that, I'm like, is it really? Yeah, it is. 21 chapters. And uh, the first 11 chapters or so talk about the first 33 years of his life. And then in in chapter 12, John just slows things down. And from 12 to 21, we just look at the last week of the life of Jesus. So we're uh, going to see a lot more detail over these next... Few uh, chapters about the life of Jesus, and actually, it's a beautiful picture of what we hope happens in Lent—that that we can take time to kind of pause and slow down a little bit, and give space to these events that that happened in the final week of Jesus, particularly his death and his burial and his resurrection. Uh, so that's what Lent's about. And we actually have these um, these little Lent cards. If you uh, if you haven't done this, or if you're just like, oh yeah, that's right, that Lent thing, uh, just just start tomorrow. Or start today. uh, Jump in. We're reading through uh, those books of the Bible that tell tell the story of Jesus. And again, if you uh, started and stopped for some reason, or if you haven't started yet, just grab one of those. Start today and start walking through uh, and see what God has for you over the next few weeks. So um, so here's what's happening. So Jesus has these followers, and, and they begin to follow him initially. And they think he's going to be this political messiah, this political leader. He thinks that that they're following him. He's, you know, They're under Roman occupation. He thinks he's going to, the, the, his followers think, oh my gosh, he's going to get a, a stir of the civil uprising and he's going to become, he's going to kick Rome out and he's going to become this promised messiah. We're going to have this political messiah. They, they started looking at that, looking at that, looking at that. And then, then lately, as we get here, Jesus is starts to use some interesting language, like, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be arrested. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be this, this political, powerful political savior that you think I am. I'm bringing a different kind of kingdom. And, and his friends were starting to go, wait, what is, what is, what's happening? And, and in, verse, in chapter 13, if you want to go back and read it, chapter 13, he begins to say, he says stuff, stuff like this. He's like, hey, I'm going away. And you can't come with me. <laughs> Could you imagine? There, those, his followers are like, wait, what? I've, I've left my house and my business and my family. I'm following you. And now you're saying you're going away. And, and I can't come with you? And there's all this kind of turmoil happening in the life of the disciples. And here's how Jesus addresses it in John chapter 14, verse 1. He just says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't let your hearts be, be, be disheveled. You believe in God, believe it also and believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare, prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, I love Thomas, he kind of gets a bad rap, but I, but I love the fact that, so he's like, hey, Jesus is like, you know the place I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? So he's like, Jesus is like, hey, you know the way, and Thomas is just like, um, we don't, we don't know where you're going. And in response to this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think that question is a, is a question that Thomas is like, hey, um, it goes back to this idea of home. Hey, hey we, we want to be with you. We're, life is different when we're with you. We experience fullness of life when we're with you. And, and if you're going, how do, we, how do we get that? How do we find home? So I'm going to jump in. It's really four messages. I was, I was really struggling over the last month. Like, why can't why can't I just get a handle on all this stuff? And I realized, oh, there's really four messages here. We've been, you know, we've been talking about Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is uh, those things. This, This, we're talking about the way, the truth, and the life. And then I think I need to address the elephant in the room. This little last phrase that's pretty significant. He just says this. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now I have lots of conversations with my friends who don't know who Jesus is or just trying to figure that out. And they they see statements like this and they're like, well, that is pretty narrow-minded. That's, that's not very tolerant. How, how, can, how can half the world's population be wrong? How do you, how do you know that you're right and they're wrong? Isn't, isn't there lots of ways to get to God? Isn't, isn't like God like, just represented in different ways across lots of different religions, and the the answer to that is no. That Christianity is utterly unique, and I'm just gonna I just want to spend a couple of minutes talking about this because this is such a, a pervasive thought, and and uh, it's it speaks to this. It comes off kind of in our culture as as intolerant. Um, but if I We'll just say the whole world is on the Titanic, right? And the, the whole world is sinking. And I have a lifeboat that's not sinking. And there's a bunch of other lifeboats out there, but I know that they're sinking. Uh, would it would it be intolerant for me to say, "Hey, <laughs> this lifeboat is the lifeboat you should get on," and and those other lifeboats are sinking? It wouldn't be intolerant. It would be loving. And I, I'll just I'll just talk about this really quick because have... You know four messages to give today um in the next 20 minutes or so here's what makes christianity utterly unique all all major religions in the world other than christianity the the key word in them is this this idea of do i i do these things it's like a scale right i i do these things and uh, it outweighs, if I do good things, it outweighs the, the bad things I do. Really, a moralistic deism, basically. And all religions are kind of based on that thing. It's, it's just it's this scorecard, and different religions put different things on how you score points and uh, how you get points scored against you. And the, the idea is, how, do I, how can I keep the scale tipped in my favor? Um, not Christianity. The the key word in in Christianity is this this word, done, that the the work of Jesus on the cross, we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, puts so much weight on this side of the scale that nothing we have on this side of the scale can tip it back. Christianity is utterly unique, and, and it is exclusive and also radically inclusive <laughs> me standing there on on my lifeboat saying come to this lifeboat this is the lifeboat that leads to life and it has room for everyone uh, that that is an exclusive thing but also it's radically inclusive right everyone is invited so um so let's talk about jesus as the way the truth and the life we'll start off with uh the way i am the way, Jesus said. Not a way, the way. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting thing, this passage before. I, do you see where it said, I'm, I'm gonna go to prepare a place for you where I go uh, to my, father, my father's house. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and get you. And I've, I've heard that um, message given a ton of times, particularly at funerals. And, and, and the message typically is something like um, that Jesus is like chipping Joanna Gaines and he, he's going up to Jesus or going up to heaven and he's like, he's like, Tricking out our, our mansions in heaven, and I actually heard one pastor say one time, you know, God created the earth in seven days, and He's taken two thousand years, more than two thousand years, to make our home in heaven someplace, um, and and uh, I think Jesus is saying something different. There's this really cool thing. This this just underline prepare a place. That phrase prepare a place in the ancient Near East, East in the ancient Orient it, uh, was. Um, there it is. Where is it imported? There it is it says this. Uh that, that phrase is used for the Oriental custom of sending on before kings on their journeys persons to level out roads or make them passable. So if a king is going from one country to the other country, they sing they send out this group of people to make Level the path to make sure that this is passable to make sure that we can get from here to here. And when, uh, when you look at that, particularly in the context of what Jesus is talking about with his disciples and the time frame he's talking about, he's not talking about going to heaven and redecorating our apartment. He's talking about the cross. He's saying, "Hey, I, I'm going to make the way for you to get from where you're at to have connection with God." Jesus says, "I am." The way. Remember, Thomas is like, I don't, we don't, we don't know where you're going. How can I, how can we find the way? And Jesus is like, Yeah, you, he already said, I, you know, the way because you know me. Jesus on the cross makes the way for us. He is the way, right? Because our, because, because he is home. Being with him is is home. Jesus is the way, he's the truth. Man, we live in a world that plays fast and loose with the truth, don't, don't we? It's great. I heard a story about a, I don't think it's true. Um, if it was true, it probably wouldn't be public. But a, a president of a company is interviewing a new chief financial officer, and he's like, hey, let's start with something easy. What's two plus two? And the pr- potential new chief financial officer ponders for a minute, and he leans in close. He's like, what do you want it to be? That's that's the world we live in, right? Like, uh, hey, how do you want me to manipulate these numbers to, to make it look like whatever you want? And we live in this world where there's no sense of absolute truth. There's there's no sense of a standard. And uh, and I just know when I live like that, my life is chaos. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. There is a right that there is a way that seems right to man and in the end that leads to death. The Bible says. I um. I, we gutted our basement at our house, and um, I redid the basement, and, uh, you know, you you have these tools, and this isn't, I I have this, this is like a, I was gonna say ancient, not really ancient, but an antique level, you know what levels are are for, they're actually to make things level, and... um, and i I generally in when i was redoing the basement i used a level which is a good thing and that's why my upper floor is still standing but there there was there's one particular door and when you come to my house i'd love you to come to my house at some point i'll point it out to you there's this door this doorway that leads to this closet um that i'm i didn't have my level and i'm there doing it i'm like yeah that looks about right bam bam and then i finished all the trim then i hung the door in and the trim goes like this and the door goes like this. And because the door is straight, it really points out like, oh, that's really not level, but it really looked level to me, right? Jesus is the absolute truth and, and the, the person that we need to, that we measure our life against. He tells us which way is up and down. So we don't, we don't build lives based on mm, that, that looks good. Or you know what the reality is? If There's times that, lo- that, that this decision feels good this moment and then the next moment doesn't and then the next moment doesn't. so then we have all of these different standards and Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the absolute standard to measure your life against. And then this last thing, the, the life you know, there's been a consistent theme. When we've, when we've talked about this, this word through the book of John, particularly, that it, that it's this word zoe, which is uh, there's a word bios that means biological life, like I have a heartbeat. And there's this word zoe that means real life, capital L life, the life that we were designed to live. And um, I think it's super important. I don't think it's super important, it is super important that we understand. That the way of Jesus is true and always, always, always leads to life. It does. And one of the great lies of the enemy from the very beginning is that God is holding back from you. That that God is is holding out on you. That that the reason that God um, puts some some rules on you about what it looks like to live in relationships is because He doesn't want you to have as as much fun as you possibly could have. That's what that was the, the enemy's very first lie was like, Hey, God is holding out on you. We we have to just realize, oh wait, 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 wait. That is not true at all. That the way of Jesus is true and always leads to life. So you're going to have circumstances this week. You're going to have conversations this week. And, and uh, you're going to have a choice. You're going to be able to say, oh, uh, here's how I want to react. Here's, here's the things I want to do. Here's how I want to think about this thing. And I just want to challenge you in those moments to just go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Where's Jesus in this moment? What's, what's true in this moment? And, and what, what, how, do I, how, how do I react in a way that brings me to life? You know, Sarah talked about that, this idea of kneeling, this idea of submission. And, um, you know, I try, I try every day to spend a little bit of time on my knees in the morning. And uh, and early on in that practice, what hit me is, and I, I pray this every day, Jesus, I, I'm not on my knees out of fear or obligation. I'm on my knees... Because I'm blown away that you want to lead my life. That that you want to have input on on my relationships and my decisions. That that you know everything and you want to lead my life. I, I, I kneel not begrudgingly. I don't follow Jesus begrudgingly or out of fear or threat. I follow him because I know his way leads to life. So when Jesus looked at his disciples and he's like, hey, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'm gonna go prepare a place. I'm I'm getting ready to go to the cross to pave the way for you to have a consistent relationship with, with, with God, to live literally right now, to live in his power and presence every moment of every day and in there to find truth and life. Let's just do that because it's the best way for us to live. It's the best way for our families to live. It's the best way for our neighbors to experience who God is, our coworkers and our classmates. And we believe that the church exists for the glory of God and the good of our city, Uh, not not because of what we do when we gather, but what it looks like when we scatter and live out these things, these truths. Would you bow your heads and we can pray together? Jesus, I pray uh, right now. Just super thankful for all these folks that are in this room, and all the folks that are watching online now, or that will in the future. Pray for for those of us who are just trying to figure out who you are. Um, that there would be some clarity. That your Holy Spirit would teach us and challenge us about what it looks like to to see this incredibly inclusive invitation to life in you to find fulfillment in our desire to to be home and i pray that th- that those folks would would just say yes to you and continue to say yes to you to your offer of life i pray that for some of us maybe that have been around this for a long time that, that kind of slip at times, even as, as followers of Jesus into this moralistic deism thing that that, that we base our worth or our, your love for us based on what we do that we would could trust you for forgiveness and newness and love that we would be blown away by your kindness and that would lead us to repentance, to, To be on our knees in that posture of submission, not out of fear or obligation, but just being blown away by who you are and what you want for our lives. God, continue to tell your story in us, around us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.